tortoise. Hello, I'm Tomini and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, why campaigners accuse the United Nations of betraying Afghan women. That's after a short break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Last December, the Taliban, the Islamic fundamentalist group which seized control of Afghanistan in August 2021, ordered women to stop working for non-governmental organizations, NGOs. At first, United Nations staff were exempt from the new restrictions, but in April, the ban was extended to include women working for international aid agencies. The UN says it will continue to work in Afghanistan despite a Taliban order banning women from working for aid agencies. Initially, the UN refused to enforce the ban on its staff on the basis that doing so would violate international law and its own charter. And UN aid organisations presented a united front. Everyone sent their male and female Afghan staff home while they weighed their options. But Tortoise has been told that leading UN agencies, including UNICEF, the World Food Programme and the World Health Organisation, have now bowed to Taliban pressure for male-only offices. Since it took control of Afghanistan, the Taliban has waged a brutal campaign to restrict the rights of women and girls. So, why are campaigners accusing the United Nations of betraying Afghan women? Professor Karima Benoun is a former UN Special Rapporteur. She calls the current situation in Afghanistan gender apartheid. So the new decision by the country team uh, suggests that different UN agencies operating on the ground uh, can make their own choices about uh, whether they will comply with the Taliban decree banning women from working for them. In other words, they can choose to go ahead and work with an all-male workforce. Afghans are enduring a devastating humanitarian crisis. This is the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres. It is difficult to overestimate the gravity of the situation in Afghanistan. It is the largest humanitarian crisis in the world today. There are 40 million people in Afghanistan. Two-thirds of them need urgent humanitarian assistance to survive. But at every turn, the Taliban have made the work of aid staff and the UN increasingly difficult, and in some cases, impossible. They police nearly all aspects of Afghan women and girls' lives, from education to how they dress, where they can access healthcare, and if they can work. Some UN organizations have said women can return to work with the men, but Afghan women who've spoken to Tortoise say they don't feel safe doing so, even in supposedly secure UN compounds. Tortoise has also learnt the UN in Afghanistan has been infiltrated by Taliban informants. 
This opens up local female staff to harassment and intimidation. Phoebe Davis is a reporter at Tortoise. So one woman told us that she felt that the UN had not only betrayed its own women's staff, but also all Afghan women with this decision. She also said that the UN was the only hope for Afghan women to stand up for their rights, but it didn't even support its own staff. Others who had been told they could return to work told us that the security measures were paperwork and not practically applied. They said some of their female colleagues were asked to go back to their office to do their jobs, but without, quote, consideration of their security and safety. The UN has acknowledged these dangers for their female staff members. Last week, their mission in Afghanistan said in a report that local female staff had experienced harassment, intimidation and detention. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The truth is, the UN is facing an incredibly complicated and difficult challenge in Afghanistan, one they haven't really had to face before. I'm a great supporter of the UN, I'm a great believer in the UN and all the good that it can do, both in the humanitarian and the human rights fields. At the same time, the UN sets standards for working conditions for international NGOs. I'm really concerned about the messages that uh, the new policy sends. First of all, it will, I think, greatly undermine the UN's ability to actually do humanitarian work in accordance with humanitarian principles, uh, including non-discrimination in the distribution of aid, because it's going to be virtually impossible to work directly with female beneficiaries if you don't have female staff in the situation uh, in Afghanistan. And this really sends a message, I think, to women human rights defenders throughout the region and potentially even to women around the world that their fundamental rights just don't matter quite as much. They, they can be negotiable. The World Food Programme in Afghanistan told us that Afghan women continue to be employed and no women will be replaced by men. Neither UNICEF or the World Health Organization responded to our request for comment. Aid workers and campaigners argue there are some potential solutions. The UN and NGOs could present a more united front to the Taliban. The UN could also threaten to suspend humanitarian assistance in Afghanistan or pull out altogether. But right now, one of the UN's biggest operations continues to operate in violation of its own core principles. Thanks for listening to the 600th episode of The Sensemaker from Tortoise. It was written and reported by Phoebe Davis and Will Brown. It was mixed by Emmy Harper. Please let us know what you think by rating and reviewing the show wherever you listen. Tortoise. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello. I'm John Curtis. And I'm Rachel Wolfe. This week on Trendy, the monarchy. A year after the coronation, and as King Charles returns to work, what do we think of it? And how has that changed over time? To listen to the episode, search for Trendy on Tortoise News, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow the feed to make sure you don't miss an episode.